Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Cricket Podcast. I think it should never be permitted to happen again. That is very good. Hello everyone and welcome to the Cricket Podcast with me, Jack Hope, specialist mid-off, Ross Legg. Hello. <laughs> specialist wicketkeeper, Max Roy Brown. Hello. And completely ineffective fine leg, Robin Hughes. Excellent subfielder, Robin Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week on the podcast, we'll be doing a summary of England's tour to the West Indies, having a look at the test matches, the one-dayers and the 2020s. Uh, we'll be having a look at the future state of English cricket. And Max, you'll be doing a guide to wicketkeeping. That's true, yes. All right, let's go on with the show. Got it! But before we get into the roundup of England's tour of the West Indies, we're going to have a look at the state of play of world cricket, with all other countries having a few test matches and see where we're at before people head into World Cup preparations. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting time to be looking at the international calendar. Um, obviously, with the World Cup in what three months um, yeah. from the date of recording, uh, like teams are like have got that in mind, and um, I think there's some interesting trends uh, coming up. So, besides Pakistan, all of the other teams at the World Cup have played in the last seven days, and I think the most interesting thing about that is the sort of uh, rise of the star batsmen. So, I'm going to predict now. Um, my cricket prediction will be that the star of this World Cup or the winner of this World Cup, will be the team whose star batsman plays the best. Right. Um, and if so, yeah, I mean, if we have a look... Does, does each team have what, just one star batsman? Uh, well, we're going to go through. It's uh, part, so... part of the uh, squad rules, isn't it? Really? <laughs> you have to nominate your star beforehand. Yeah. And he gets to choose a power play. <laughs> just an extra big bat or... <laughs> well, no, I, think that's a good, I think that's a good point, because I think, especially you know, with, the, with the World Cup, the way that England play cricket, I I would expect it to be a pretty batting dominated tournament. Oh yeah, I mean like I think that England's best chance of winning it is to make every deck as flat as possible, yeah. play with a really short boundary and just chase four hundred. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but like no, so in the last week, I mean Afghanistan have played Ireland, um, so I, we're going to run through the teams and who they played and talk about some of these star batsmen now. Mm. Um, starting with probably the least likely to win the tournament, Afghanistan. Um, I uh, might have the world's best bowler. I've got a couple of upsets, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, we highlighted Australia, Afghanistan's Australia's first game. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be an upset. That hopefully will be an upset. <laughs> <laughs> Potential banana stamp. Yeah, worth, worth a flutter. Um, they, they've drawn 2-2 with Ireland in India. Um, not fantastic, I would say there. Um, they buck the trend of star batsmen because they've got the star bowler. Yeah, Rashid Khan is yeah. Yeah. Well, you say that. I've got some stats up there. In ODIs and since March 2017, Dorlat Zadran is averaging 65 for Afghanistan. 
Yeah, but he's playing against like the UAE and Scotland. Still gonna hit the runs. Uh-huh. You still gonna hit the runs. You go. You can <laughs> only beat was... what's in front of you, Jack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did actually. I was because I was looking like on a different topic. Um, like obviously, Cody's been going mental. Um, Tendulka scored about twenty percent of his centuries against like associate nations in Zimbabwe. So yeah, they all count. Four hundred of Pele's thousand goals were scored yeah. against scratch teams. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, but uh, so Afghanistan, like, um, well, it'll be interesting to see what they do, and I, I agree. I think they might pull off an upset or two. Mm-hmm. Um, then we'll move on to like Bangladesh and New Zealand playing a test series. I think it's like the last test, maybe beside England, Ireland before the World Cup. Um, some good players going in that. Tammy McBell is in the runs. Yeah. He's uh, averaging 63.8 since 2017. Thank you, Rob. Um, how, how are Bangladesh shaping up in the test sphere? Uh, so I've watched quite a lot of it. It starts at quite a nice time if you want to stay up and watch some cricket at the weekend. I think it like, kicks off about 11. Mm-hmm. Um, not that well is the short <laughs> answer. But right. with like spells of quite well. Mm. Uh, so it's called 400. Same as always then, really. But we're 700 runs behind. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, their, their bowling unit does leave a lot to be desired. Yeah, um, but in their defence, they are playing against New Zealand's um, batting lineup, and but New Zealand's batting lineup is legit brilliant in Test matches. Um, but particularly for the World Cup, the guys you've got to look out for are, are of course, uh, Ross Taylor who scored two hundred of two hundred twelve balls last night. Average since twenty seventeen seventy five. That's that's, that's that's good. In, that's strong. That's across thirty-five matches. Uh, what's the strike? We've got the strike rate for that as well. Uh, strike rate eighty-seven point uh, oh. eighty-seven point nine eight, so eighty-eight. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a little bit weak compared to some of the others. Well, I mean, um, I'd happy mean, average seventy-five. Yeah, if you're fight seventy-five every match, I'd, I'd average seventy-five at a strike rate of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take that. Um, New Zealand, uh, though, they're they're one of the teams who have two potential star bats. Because of course, Kane Williamson. So Guptill was a force. Oh yeah, no, that is true. Have yeah. they altered the rules for New Zealand? Is Colin, <laughs> yeah. Colin Munro still playing? Is, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he opens well up the list for sixes, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> New Zealand, dark horse. They, they yeah. Um, and their bowling unit is fantastic. Yeah, right. Trent Bolt. We're talking about batsmen. All right, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, suddenly Kiwi fans. There, there is there is no bowling in this World Cup. It will be underarm delivery. <laughs> Uh, but Kay Williamson uh, is another potential one, although he did hurt his shoulder last night, um, failing to get 100. Oh, what did he get, like 978? <laughs> was it like one of those things where he dived in and then... That I'm not really sure, I just woke he up. He hit the ball so it. hard, his shoulder <laughs> fell off. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they're good. Um, then we moved on, like we'll move on, South Africa played Sri Lanka in uh, a one-day series. Obviously they lost, first Asian team to beat South Africa yeah, in South Africa. that was a real surprise. Yeah. Um, but in the one day, they're getting annihilated at Sri Lanka. Um, well, but I didn't realise Malinga was still going. That was a complete shock to yeah, me. He's, he's put on a bit of timber as, uh, <laughs> as Lassie. He has a pot belly. <laughs> I would know. <laughs> uh, South Africa, they've got... They're another potential two-star batsman. Uh, Rob, are you ready with this? Uh, yeah. Quentin de Kock. Sri Lanka. Uh, uh, one uh, ODI is Quentin de Kock. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be, you'll be on oh, there he is. Yeah. Uh, 53. 53, yeah. Comparatively uh, poor. Decent. I think he's but only got a couple good. of hundreds in the last year. Yeah. Uh, Faf is averaging 61.6. We're coming on to him, yeah. Uh, probably oh, the most Ooh. in shape player at the World Cup, should we say? I mean, in, in shape in what way? Uh, just on mad, mad guns. You yeah. really are coming um, on to him, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, that will be exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got Australia v India. Uh, the final well not the final obviously we've got England West Indies as well but the games that don't involve them yeah uh, India v Australia two all at the moment which I think is good if you're an England fan um, India are the second favourites behind England I'd say mm. for the World Cup yeah <clears throat> to drop two games to Australia without yeah Warner they of course they have the cheats to come back don't they so, uh, they do yeah um, but on the other hand Kohli is probably the best of the lot uh, Stato Stato since 2017 f- over 47 matches he's averaging almost 88 <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that, is, is that is obscene how many runs a ball uh, strike rate of 99 do you remember when we were well not we but people <laughs> were discussing whether or not Root was as good as Coley yeah do you want to know Root <laughs> <laughs> just, just scroll down over four, 43 matches Root's averaging 58 at a strike rate of 89 
So decent. Still not yeah, bad. Not yeah, bad. That's but a, it's yeah. not it's uh, not Coley, is it? No. Yeah, and Coley's pretty he's single handedly carrying that team, it seems, most of the time. Well when they've got like Darwan and Rohit Sharma. I mean Darwan only started, only hit runs, was it in the last game? He's been on a barren run of yeah, form. Rohit Sharma's not been fantastic, they're born yeah. in Brahul. If so, they all fire at once, then they're a force. Yeah, they've got a good bowling line. But they are, I do agree, they are somewhat reliant on Coley. Um, so Virat Kohli is he one of the best one day batsmen of all time if not the best I mean obviously he's one of the best is he the best mm, I don't know I think in terms of like viewing like one terms of viewing yeah like watch it. I'd much prefer <laughs> to watch like AB de Villiers bat than Kohli okay yeah that's fair enough so yeah. kind of entertainment value like Kohli's clearly amazing like what's his average did you say uh, well so in the last two years his average is almost 88 uh, over his whole career he's averaging almost 60 yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty hot. But uh, De Villiers is the only guy with a career average above 40 who's averaging over 100. So that is pretty mental. What, you mean strike rate over 100? Uh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, so De Villiers yeah, is much. averaging 53.5 and strike rate over is 101. Mr. 360. Oh, okay. um, yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I suppose the other thing you have to, to bear in mind is that one day cricket has fundamentally changed in the yeah. last 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, there's two balls now, one from each end. Yeah. The white ball doesn't really swing as much as the red ball. Did they have uh, power plays back then? No, they didn't. Uh, <laughs> I think I think the power play was you had to have four fielders within the circle, mm-hmm. uh, including the wicketkeeper. Right. So you could you could spread. There were no leg stride restrictions. Um, you didn't have short boundaries. I mean, like speaking of short boundaries, anyone seen the boundaries in the Pakistani Super League? No, they're, no just they're, they're just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> they're like 15 yards out of the circle. <laughs> uh, but, um, so, bat, so batsmen back then, so... What? Yeah, and you didn't have a proper bat. When I say a proper bat, I mean like a, a sprung bat yeah. um, mm. that they cooked in an oven. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <They've got a laughs> pretty sure it's how they make bats. Um, so I would contend that uh, if you're looking at best one-day batsmen, uh, and I, like, it wasn't me that made this contention, it was someone on Twitter, mm. cricket informer something like that he reckons Viv Richards is the best of all time because he scored well he averaged 48 um, at 47. the strike rate sorry <laughs> average 47 strike rate 90 yeah, in, an, in an era where people average, like strike rate was 72 or something like that um, yeah. and the second on the list which is interesting Cheyenne Afridi mm. boom boom yeah average a lot fewer um, I think it was something like 25 for the peak of his career based on, on these parameters um, but his strike rate is 130 in one day cricket. It's pretty so, good. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't ever yeah, suggest he's, that he's the best batsman. Well, I mean, one day batsman of all time. But is that a bit where that's how many thing. games did he win by batting like a madman? Like probably. Yeah. Probably, the point probably of one day cricket is not to accumulate a vast number of runs like Mike Atherton at <laughs> 55. It's to yeah. smash runs. But if everyone runs. goes in and gets 25 off of 20 balls, you haven't got a very good score, have you? You'd have a competitive score, it's wouldn't you? <laughs> reasonably competitive. Uh, yeah, if everyone I mean, goes in and scores, you 50 can have a look either way. Fifty balls. But to bring it to bring it back round, um, I do think that this World Cup will be defined by the star batsman. Okay. Um, I think the rules are pretty right. weighted in their favour. And who's your star batsman going to be in that World Cup? I think Coley will be the, is the best batsman, and it's uh, if India are going to have a chance of upsetting the favourites, which are England, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's going to be awful when Steve Smith comes back and he's just brilliant he, he's not that brilliant at one day cricket though with David Warner David Warner is pretty good yeah. um, but I think yeah I think like Coley v they've been playing child's cricket for about the last year though so I mean Coley yeah, v Decock v Ross Taylor v Tammy McBow v Owen Morgan it's a shootout I mean what is Butler. interesting if you're talking about the, the star batsman <clears throat> so England in one ODIs in the last two years don't have anyone in the top 11 for averages. But once you get from 12, 13, 14, 15, we have Root, Stokes, Butler, Bairstow, all averaging over 15. We're swimming against the tide, is what you're saying. Well, we're in more of a team effort, perhaps. Yeah. Um, we can afford one or two of them to slip up, still get a decent score. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it'll be good. I'm looking forward to the World Cup, mm-hmm. um, as I think we all are. But in more recent times, England have been playing cricket in the West Indies. Uh, Ross, what have you got for us? So let's start with the first test. So all that the way does back. seem like a good place to start. Well, you could start with the warm-up game. 
the President's Eleven. Yeah, we did. Well, what would you do? Just took nineteen wickets in a yeah in one day. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm not favorite... even sure England started with the what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I did really enjoy looking at the BBC report though. Just looking at the score, it was like West Indies President's Eleven two hundred and ninety for nineteen. Here's a question: There, did they have to have a special scorebook for that, or do they use a special page? Or... I was thinking <laughs> about this. Like, Lara's four hundred came up a few times. So, sorry, Ross, we've like completely hijacked yeah, the segment here. Um, but if you're scoring Lara's four hundred. You don't go into that assuming he's going to make four hundred, right? Really small list. You go with your normal. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you get? You're, you're taking over. You know, you're taking over someone page. else's. Yeah. I think you're just going to assume that they're probably not going to bat down to eleven and hope <laughs> that is the case. You could just use a new page. I mean, then that will ruin. That page. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, like, it's, it's a thought. Yeah. We'll have to. If anyone knows the answer, tweet us. If anyone knows the off. score of that particular game, <laughs> get in touch with them. <laughs> but uh, I think like the president's game. It was a complete waste of time. It's nonsense. Like it's a very like, a really strange decision. Almost as strange as picking two spinners in the first test. Uh, but on a notoriously on, old, old fast and bouncy track. Yeah, on a, on a wicket that probably would have suited Broad more than anyone else. They not only chose Rashid, <laughs> they also chose Curran. Can you confirm? I went because I want to be a scout for England. Um, I went to the West Indies the year before. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley Giles, I hope you're listening. That's, that's um, good scouting and behaviour. I, uh, and I, I watched the West Indies play Sri Lanka and 19 wickets fell on a day. Two like medium paced, tall, bouncy bowlers. Uh, I don't think it's been a bowled and over. <laughs> it's, basically, it's basically impossible to bat on if you bowled over 130 kilometres an hour and were taller than six foot two. <laughs> yeah. Like Stuart Broad. Mm. I would like to say that the bowling was really England's fault here, but we were bowled out for 77. Jennings failed yet again. Um, England just in general failed. Um, we only faced 30.2 overs in the first innings, which is just pathetic. It's not test cricket. Um, it's not really cricket, is it? No. <laughs> and, uh, Jennings top scored with uh, 17 and faced the most deliveries in 30. Well, you can't have balls. a pop at him and then like... Uh, yeah, top score, mate. Yeah. Uh, Kimo, Kimo Roach, this is a bit where all the analysis here is saying that England were terrible, England were terrible. The West Indies were really, really good. Like, were really good. Yep. Kimo Roach, um, bowled 11 overs, 7 maidens, took 5 for 17. So that's a... What, that one, is um, one, solid oh, figures. And then supported by the captain who was... One of the best players in the in the series, Jason Holder, eight overs, three maidens, um, two for fifteen. So, yeah, yeah both good balls. <clears throat> I think you like the only highlight from that test um, from an England point of view because there were quite a lot of highlights. If you just like cricket, lots of good bounces and things. Um, I think James Anderson got a five for five for forty something in the first innings. Five forty six. There we are. Um, he bowled really well, mm-hmm. um, and then I think in the second innings. Bowled like 50 overs. <laughs> uh, maybe one. <laughs> but this was the problem in the whole series. So the, the top three of the West Indies in the first innings faced combined 55 overs. Right. <laughs> Just um, yeah. 25 more than yeah, England, yeah. a whole thing would seem. And this was endemic across the series, it seems. Um, but in the second innings, like the West Indies just were amazing. Dalrich, who was one of the outstanding performers, got 116 not out. Jason Holder got a double ton. This is the second test? First that, test. First test? Yeah, second second innings the first that. test. So Did he? Yeah, they set they set England <laughs> yeah, 628 yeah. to win. Merge my yeah. test. Like they, like they absolutely slammed us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. So and then England kind of had a chance. We were in the game, we were 130 well. Chasing, <laughs> chasing, chasing 628. 628. <laughs> but on a, on a pitch where they've scored over three hundred in a year. But, <laughs> but on a pitch where someone has just hit two hundred and two not out and hundred sixteen not out. You're thinking, you know, if a couple of batsmen get in, we can at least bat this out. Burns was on 84, and then we were 131 for 131 for one. He got bowled just before lunch. Is that the one where he? Oh, this was Roston. Roston Chase. Chase. Yeah, um, the, oh, the, yes. the off spinner who doesn't turn it <laughs> ran away with eight for 60. <laughs> Ross, Ross, it's bamboozling. What would you do against an off spinner that doesn't turn the ball? Better figures than Shane Warne. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable stuff. So, um, so that, that kind of just set I, the tone. We, we lost our last six wickets for um, 34 runs. So, which is really quite pathetic, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think we were we were dead in that game from pretty early on. And then, Ross, what you have to consider, though, is that the ball was turning 180 degrees. That's <laughs> that's a lot of degrees. <laughs> <laughs> so, on, on the back of that move to the second test, we were so shell-shocked that we dropped Beaker, a.k.a. Keaton Jennings, um, straight out of the side. And yeah, you drop you drop your most consistent bats with your best bats with <laughs> your first innings. And then we lost by ten wickets inside three days. Yeah. 
England. Um, they, England were absolutely pathetic. And to show this, they needed 14 runs to win West Indies. Good chase, yeah. yes. and, um, well, I think in situations like that, I think at all levels of cricket, um, this should be a thing. Should give it to the people who never bowl. Get them to bowl pace with like eight slips. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I, I don't know for sure, but I imagine that England bowled Anderson and Broad. Yep. And they knocked it off in about four <coughs> overs. Lads, bowl well. We got a chance here. Yeah. yeah. Like no, just let. Um... Well, do you, was it was it the India series uh, in England a few years ago when it, it was Lords and it was just a dead pitch and Alistair Cook bowled? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it was clearly a waste of everyone's time. And he took a wicket. It was brilliant. Yeah. Do <laughs> you Yeah, I think it was. Sure, but, no, uh, but, but, but to make the game more interesting. No, but then, uh, but Jimmy Anderson definitely wouldn't have enjoyed bowling because um, Campbell smashed him for six to bring up the victory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's done it well, though. Hasn't so he? a comprehensive slamming back to back, and then to the third test, which was a dead rubber. For the the one that really matters, right? But the big issue here was that Jason Holder was banned for a slow over rate. So he played amazing, like really, really good in both tests. And he was banned for a over eight that finished within three days. Oh, so how oh, can that be justified? A, that's a very quick over eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, okay, how that, that, that game was over much quicker. Yeah. <laughs> like, how can that be justified? That is the most ludicrous ban I've seen in cricket. Well, it's about the demerit points, isn't it? Yeah. He'd, also, he'd, like he'd run, um, run a run a foul of a few things and Alistair Cook was year or so. captain of the England team for a long time with like Anderson and Broad and various other long run up merchants. He must have. Exceeded whatever the arbitrary overrate is on quite a few well, occasions, it's, it's, but, but never had to miss a test match for it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't recall him ever even being close. So I don't even like him. Well, they only, changed, they only um, changed the rules fairly recently in terms no, of suspension, didn't they? So you get demerit points, and if you clock up a certain number of demerit points within oh, was that two years, you get a ban. Right. So he'd already done some other stuff that didn't go down too well with the ICC. There we and are. This was he the, also had Graham Swan bowling at least half the overs. So, well, not after Graham's one retired. Remember when we lost the Ashes 5 0? You retired halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> I can't feel my fingers anymore. Is it because you're getting carted for six? No, can't feel my fingers. Sure. So, anyway, a holder was banned, and then all of a sudden, England decided they knew how to kind of bat. Um, I say that they only hit 277 in their first innings. Really? Um, but their top four faced 47 overs. Well. So, we only hit 72 runs in that time. But they were doing their job. So that set the platform for um, Butler and Stokes to kind of come in at 70, uh, 67 and 79. Um, but ultimately, Roach still took four for 48. Um, bowled himself into the ground. 25 overs he bowled. Broke his back, he bowled so well. So, um, but this is where, unfortunately, Gabriel, Gabriel, Shannon, Shannon Gabriel, um, came out with his um, homophobic remark to Oh, uh, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. the moral winners. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Root made a lot of friends there, didn't he? So, um, <laughs> yes. You shouldn't use it as an insult. I still Don't think he's a shit him. captain, but it was the right thing to do. Um, and then the West Indies got a nice decent start before Mark Wood arrived. So we decided to actually bring our fastest bowler that we have and decided to bowl him. And he smashed through them and took Pfeiffer. Yes. Yeah, that was a controversial selection. They, um, were, um, yeah, they were waxing lyrical, weren't they, about the fact that he managed to bowl 150 Ks. Mm-hmm. I think it was the fastest spell of Test match bowling in about ten years. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it, was it was. It was fast as fuck. He hasn't gotten near it since. <laughs> but uh, all all the while supported by Moe and Ali, who's kind of got under the radar. So he bowled one hundred fifty k. Was yeah, one hundred fifty k spin. <laughs> Face that. So, but yeah, he ended up as the England's leading wicket taker in the series. So he did really well um, until Gale got hold of him in the ODIs. Um, but. Joe Denley also put himself forward for actually being in the Ashes, so batted reasonably well. All he has to do is not fuck up against Ireland and he's in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great, though, isn't he? He was all right. <laughs> and uh, Butler, who on the last episode, I mean, you don't rate. I don't I rate Butler. I just don't think he... I think he's lucky that the team's so shit at the moment. So, but he's, he's now batting a five. He's growing into that position. Um, he hit 56 off 115 deliveries. He's only so. got one test century in 30 tests. So, but... He's exciting. That's not very good. He's exciting though, isn't he? Um, and then we've Anderson... got enough excitement, haven't we? <laughs> and then Anderson um, displaced the West Indies. Stuart Broad's got as many Test centuries. Yeah, but that happened in the Pakistan Test, so we can't really be sure if that was a legitimate ton or not. Um, in the last two years, <clears throat> only Root averages more than Butler. Um, no, I, I, I do. I do think in the was he average? Don't, don't bring stats into this, Rob. Well, that's not too bad. But don't bring guy, cold hard facts. No one wants to hear those. The guy is lucky. He's worse than Paul Collingwood, for example. 
He's a na- he's a naturally talented cricketer. Yeah, yeah, but he's lucky to be in the Test team because, like, bearing in mind, we've got one other player who averages above forty. Like, uh, we we've, we've just done a three-test summary here where we basically <laughs> ridiculed how bad England's batting is. Like, if if it wasn't a complete fucking shit show, I don't think Butler would have been that close to the team. No. Like, he's not getting in, not getting in. Like, um, maybe he gets in like every five years. You know what I mean? He's not. Four out of five years, he's going to probably have a better team. But times are changing. Uh, but, and speaking of changing, Root finally hit some form. Um, it hit uh, century 122. Um, but then Royston Chase came out with an unbeaten century, but it was all in vain as uh, West Indies were skittled out for 252. So ultimately, the Test Series, was, I thought, was really good. Yeah, I thought it was... I, uh, I got, yeah. For some reason, I, it was good that England got smashed. I think it was a bit of a it's, wake-up call. It's always amusing, isn't it? I quite in a perverse kind of way I do enjoy it watching England get carted out for 60 odd it's I, just quite funny I wouldn't be able to watch the Aussies do that to us again no no I suppose that's true um, yeah I mean that's there comes really a point where it is it. too much but um, after that so, Ross Michael, well, well, why don't we give out some awards for the test series who's your favourite um, player um, both teams Hate Mir for Hetmeyer uh, Hetmeyer Hate yeah <laughs> uh, for West Indies <laughs> Like potato, potato. He, 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 he batted like eighty percent of the time in his floppy hat, in his sun hat. <laughs> oh, the hat, yeah. Okay, I thought we were going to go with like best player there. But nah, no, fair no, enough. No. Um, Kimo Roach was a player of the series, by the way. Uh, best England player, <sighs> Wood. Yeah, Wood is one, <laughs> one test. <laughs> Wood is one uh, test. Wood, Wood averaged fifteen point five, which is decent. That is pretty tasty. Uh, Roach, by the way, averaged thirteen point eight <laughs> in three games as well. well. Over the whole series, he must have bowled like ninety. Even against England, England, that is like good. Yeah. yeah, his economy was two point five. Yeah, that's it. That oh, so well, I'd, 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 I'd like to give Moen Ali a, a special mention, as you say, for, for for the wickets, but also that catch he took. Oh, yeah, it was a blinder, wasn't it? One-handed diver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moen was good. He bowled ninety-three overs over the whole series, averaged twenty-three point eight. Not bad. Yeah. He's really, so he's um, not bad for England's second, second spinner. spinner. Uh, Even when he's the only spinner, he's the <laughs> second spinner. So um, Ali's actually moved into position now of he's the fourth most successful England spinner of all time. All right, who's above? Uh, Graham Swan. Yeah. Tuffers. No. no. <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about? Embry. Uh, Laker. Laker. Embry. Probably. Yeah. So, Laker and Embry. Is that what it was? Um, I don't know. So, but um, Ashley Giles, England did. <laughs> England did obviously do the um, classic Joe case Dennis. of Gareth Batty, <laughs> Jamie <laughs> Dalrymple, Sean um, Newdale, Liam Dawson. If right, can we can stop now. Um, <laughs> but with so many more. So, but England did. Make Ian their, Salisbury. Shut up. <laughs> England did do their scapegoat as they always do after they get uh, beaten in the test. Mark Rampakash has lost his job. Uh, and full pot fart. Full fart race. Full fart race. Uh, he's he's gone to Warwickshire as well. Um, so, but and folks, but and then uh, Rory Burns and Denley, they've probably done enough. They're probably going to be in the Ashes squad, aren't they? Unless someone goes out and hits tons of runs in the county season. I can think of one person who Nick uh, Brown, yeah, Brown Ian, Ian Bell, Bell. Yeah. Ian yeah, Bell, that one, that was the one, that was um, the one. Anyway, that was the Test roundup. Very now, good. Yeah. So um, let's talk about ODIs. <laughs> let's talk about ODIs. An ODI series that I actually enjoyed for a change. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember most of the results. Well, uh, it, was the, the, it was two two in the end, the wasn't it? Yeah, um, one rained off. One rained off. Third test. Um, third test. Lots third of England fans on Sweet Caroline in the rain. <laughs> I don't know if anyone saw that on Twitter. But ultimately, it was the return of Chris Gale, like universe boss. Like he was awesome. He was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Four hundred twenty-four runs. Got his two centuries in losing courses though. Betty was happy with it. Yeah, he's, he's, he seems like that kind of guy. Come <laughs> <laughs> um, on, guys, let's all go for a pint. But we lost Chris. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Look at what I did. Um, but that in the first in the first uh, first ODI, West Indies set a pretty imposing like three hundred and sixty. So, yeah, no, it's a good score. Um, Not imposing for this new look England, though. Yeah, correct. Good. Well, we, we did chase it down with a six-wicket win. Nouveau like cricket, that is. Um, it's the third highest ever successful ODI chase. Um, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, especially the opening game. Third for highest ever? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's, that, that's nuts, isn't it? That how weird it's just normal that they chase yeah. 360. I'd like, so I remember I watched it like most of the game. I think I would have watched the Champions League later on. But when they posted 360, it didn't seem 
that daunting. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, we've no, won. We'll probably knock this off. Yeah. Fucking hell. Um, so, sure, it's it? not by England. No, no, no. No, it's all time. I was looking up something like three of the biggest 10 totals, ODI totals, are by England in the last 12 months. Yeah. 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 We're actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah we, no, we, we are. are we, we are ridiculous. Yeah, we have a propensity to also be rubbish. That's the problem. Tell us about the second game. So, yeah, it comes to the second game. Um, at the same ground that we chased the 360, um, it looked like we were going to do so again. Morgan and Stokes put on a really good partnership. Um, we ended up with needing 62 off of 60 deliveries. And then um, Jason Holder got two wickets and two balls. One was really the worst LBW Oh, God, it was awful, wasn't time. it? Current. So current, yeah. I couldn't believe that. Um, but Stokes had wasted the review because yes. he's Stokes. Edging behind. Yeah, <laughs> snicked off. <laughs> not sure about it, if he did it or not. Um, but Cottrell finished with Fifa, holder of three. Pretty tame from England, unfortunately. Uh, third ODI rained off, as you correctly said, Max. Um, and That'll then, save us some time. And then it was, yeah. <laughs> and then it was the, the big one. The fourth ODI, England hit 418. Um, and West Indies got pretty close to chasing. They nearly did it, didn't they? Yeah, 389 they ended up with. But they, they, what, they what See, a brilliant game. That's probably the other reason why um, that 360-odd was the third highest chase of all time. There probably been quite a few second innings scores higher than that, but they just didn't quite make it. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Uh, Butler hit 150 off of 77 deliveries. Yeah, um, that was pretty astonishing. He, he, went, he went from 50 to 150 in 31 balls. His series strike rate was 143. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, that, um, isn't that the same as the as fast as 100? 31. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. So England are going into the final one day. Uh, yep. Two one up, the best ODI team in the world. Full of confidence. Up World Cup qualifier West Indies. <laughs> uh, England win the toss, lose the toss, and are put into bat. Yep. Jason Roy injured for that, so Hales came in to open. Um, England bowled out for 113. Better than the test matches, isn't it? It's about a par score, I think, on that ground, isn't it? A <laughs> <laughs> um, bit bouncy, I heard. Thomas for the West Indies took 5 for 21 in 5.1 overs, which was awesome. Um, Braithwaite um, also took 2 for 17 at 2.12 from 8 overs. Um, but Gale did actually try and hit all the runs <laughs> himself on this one. Uh, 77 off 24 balls. So, um, I mean, he should have been out on 31, not that it makes a big difference, no. but there was an awful no-ball call. Awful. Like, even, even the television replay, he's come down the track and tried oh, to yeah, hit that, it. Oh, yeah, I saw, I yeah. saw that. It's just like, yeah. Got, if, but I, I, I didn't actually see, because I was, I was out, I'd missed the game, but I was in the gym the other day and they had all the replays on, yeah. and they were slowing it down as like the, an umpire review for a no-ball call, with, and it was Chris Gale. And I, I just didn't, I just didn't think twice about it because it hit the bat about thigh height and he was a yard outside his crease. It was like, oh, well, I'll go back to whatever I'm doing. I didn't realise they hadn't given that. Yeah. They'd, what? Well, if I played, if the amount of times I've played club cricket and try and be like, I'm not out because there's a no ball and then just been given out. Sorry, mate, you were down the track. It's like, I just thought it was a universal rule, but obviously not for universe boss. So, um, uh, it would have made a big difference though, probably, wouldn't it? Yeah, we would have skipped them. <laughs> obviously. Uh... Obviously we would have skipped them. Um, yeah, so does that, I mean, there's a couple of things from this one day thing. Um, well, the main one. Um, <laughs> there's one thing that I would like to talk about from this one day thing. Um, England, on a bad pitch. Yeah, can't do it. If they do that, if they if we pull something in the semi-final, we get, we're going we're gonna to get to the semis of the World Cup. I mean, we're the best team in the world. But what happens if we're playing? I mean, the two. So I looked at the two semi-final venues. It's Edgbaston or yeah. Old Trafford. Um, you can have a tasty Old Trafford wicket. Yeah. Well, especially in a World Cup where they've all been played on quite a lot. Yeah. If England get a wicket, two seventy is the pass score. Um, oh, we're toast. Do we have a plan B? No. I don't think the bowling is. It's, um, it's not there, is it? Well, no. This this is why I keep saying I don't think we're going to win the World Cup is because a. You're our, a our unbelievable pessimist. Well, that is that. Yeah, yeah despite all the evidence. No, despite, uh, despite going 10 series undefeated, best team in the world. world. <laughs> no. We are the best team in the world. Our batting not. unit is phenomenal, but it's got a day in it where everyone just shits the bed. Yeah, we do, we do, we've we do got them. no star. <laughs> Everyone's just good. Yeah, we do need to be a bit uh, smarter. I think you have a yeah, fair I, point to say. You know, people talk about being adaptable. It's a bit boring now, but it's kind of true. I mean, but uh, the bowling unit's not. I don't. It, so it who might be acting too much? So who would you bring in, or who would you take out? I mean, Jeffrey Archer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
Plunkett's in a bit of danger, but he's, yeah, been, well, he's been around. I'm not, he's, I'm, he's thinking, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily saying there are options to bring in. It's just we're, we're lacking a bit. I mean, when the T the T series was it doesn't a, swing. Bit of a waste of time. Um, but Chris Jordan obviously bowled really well. Dave yeah. Willie bowled really well. Um, they we actually off. had Dave Batsman. Oh fuck! We actually had. The bats were cold and the bowlers really. You say, you say that again. Yeah, uh, and Max would say that. Yeah, uh, what do we have, Max? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the bowlers hold of the batsman's willy. That did, That's what we had. That did occur yeah. at the end of the first 2020. That really made the, your day, didn't it? Being it it was great. I, I saw it. Willy came in and was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> hang on a minute. This is great. So, and they've also got Joffrey Archer waiting in the weeds. Yeah, Jeffrey Archer. So, um, yeah. plenty is of it a coincidence that they're so similarly named? Um, so I think a good series overall. Oh, it's very good. Yeah, competitive. Oh, so it's a fantastic. Um, it, it, it leaves England with more, yeah, more selection questions, though, yeah. doesn't it? So, um, and, then, and then the T Twenties. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll cover those fairly briefly. Um, the first game was pretty competitive. England won by four wickets, chasing down 160 yard. Sort of coasted home with a little wobble at the end. But the second and third games were really just a waste of time. Uh, and the, and the, they shouldn't have been like the West Indies. Set up so that Jason Holder ended up being replacing Carlos Brathwaite as captain because they wanted to prepare to keep the uh, side together for the World Cup. They just got blown away. Yeah. So the second game, uh, we bowled them out for forty-five. Is it the the second lowest T Twenty international score of all time? I think some have done uh, worse than that. <laughs> yeah. Probably, probably Chris, England. Chris, <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> Chris Jordan bowled some nonsense and took four for six. Yeah, that's when he did the stunning catch as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't caught bold. Uh, I think that might have been the first game. No, that was a I think that, turn, that was a turn around, turning point in the first game was, yeah, his, was uh, awesome. his big catch. Um, uh, naturally, we knocked that off without too much trouble. And then in the third game, West Indies improved significantly, uh, being bowled out for 71. Did <laughs> um, we this, And this time it was David Willey with four for seven at the top of the innings. Oh, not quite as good as Chris Jordan. Not quite as good. Not far off. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was that. We won that again. was that eight, eight wickets, I think. Um, Max, you, you don't sound like you're a big fan. No, well, see, 2020 is all well and good. A bit of smashy, smashy. It's uh, light, light relief. You're a season it? ticket holder at Surrey for the Well, let me, yeah, I'll, I'll get onto that bit. <laughs> 2020, Club 2020, is, I think, more important to, I don't know about fans, but definitely players, than the 2020 internationals. T20 internationals always happen at the end, end of the tour. You know, I mean, by yeah. that point, I'm pretty sure someone's going to want to go home. Like either you've lost, you've either had like a really draining close series or you've just been battered 5-0 in the uh, the tests <laughs> and the ODIs. And it's like, well, now we've got to play some 2020. So, so it, it kind of sounds like it's very equivalent to football, actually. So like the qualifiers, people don't really care about. And yet the World Cup and the Euros, for example, people love. Yeah, I mean... What? I don't well, know. What's that called? So, so, the the international team oh, okay, World Cup is yeah. very good. Yeah. Um, but yes. actually, all, all the bits in between is rubbish. Yeah, so the 2020 World Cup is, is good fun. I, I'll go with that. But I mean, I think what it comes down to for me is that I don't think that 2020 international cricket is the pinnacle of that format of the game. Test cricket, clearly, like long format cricket, that's what you want to be playing unless you're Dwan Lafayette. And ODIs again, you know, much much bigger than the say the One Day Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just say, I mean, you know, the twenty twenty nationals they let Billings and Milan play. Billings is good though. But, we don't have, we don't have bad backups. He's good for Kent. He's very good for Kent. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even let Nick Madison play for Australia sometimes. Neither I've seen him play for Surrey in the twenty twenty blast. And let me tell you, he is shit. None of these players can get into the world's best one-day team, can they? No, otherwise they'd be in there. Sam Billings might after an injury. Well, yeah, yeah, point still stands. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, Stokes and Butler. We're basically watching the backup team. Yeah, Stokes and Butler were rested for the 2020 series. Ed Smith said it was nothing to do with the IPL, but I mean, they're playing in the IPL soon, and they want to rest well, them because they've got a lot of cricket coming. We're all, we're all avoiding the real elephant in the room here, which is that the peak standard of short format cricket is international hundo <laughs> <laughs> and international hundo hasn't started yet yeah. uh, no. so everyone's so, rushing up before. well I look, I look forward to being able to um, to uh, assess the international hundo oh. in comparison to other formats of cricket I've, I've taken a l- little look at some of the attendance figures 
but different formats, international club cricket, just to to uh, to ram home the point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've got 2015 figures because they were the most easily available for me after Googling <laughs> earlier this afternoon. He works for the Stats Department yeah. for Her Majesty's <laughs> Government, so... Uh, uh, well, there's always, a, two, there's more always a two-year lag with XMRC data, so, you know, it's fair enough. Um, so, right. This is four years old. 20, 2015, uh, uh, there were, there was a total of 560,000 in tests at home in England. Um, there were seven tests, so that's about 20,000 people a day, right? County Championship, 890 people a day. More it's not than, bad. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there when there's been about ten people down uh, a Thursday afternoon at Surrey. So I've 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 been down uh, when I was working from home once. I went and watched um, working from home. Yeah, at the Oval. They do have Wi-Fi. I sat with my uh, laptop and I did a couple of conference calls in the in the crowd. Yeah, that was great. Well, it's was, it was probably quieter than the office, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, so where are we going with this? So yeah, well, look, more people I mean, go to test matches. Than, um, yeah, two uh, in the so in the one day cup there were seventy two one day cup games that year, total of two hundred thousand. About three thousand there were three thousand people per game okay. attending that. Um, we had ten over ODIs that summer, one hundred ninety three thousand total attendance. So again, a bit more. massive difference. Twenty twenty blast. There was an average of 6,500 people a game. Um, we had two 20, 20 internationals at about 15,000 each. So, again, bigger, but nowhere near as much of a difference. Yeah. And the Big Bash and the IPL are the uh, 8th and ninth most watched leagues. leagues in sport. There's a lot of stats there. Um, I think what you're getting at is that maybe we should put T20 internationals in just little, in a box in a little box just put it away and bring them out well, what would be your proposal so I've been thinking about this because um, you told me you'd be taught to talk about this um, <laughs> I kind of agree with this um, and I reckon there are two ways you go one you only play 2020 internationals in, in the calendar year of the World Cup yeah. like, you need a bit of a warm up to it to pick your team and stuff on but um, otherwise you don't um, or you play maybe one game at the beginning of the series like the 2005 greatest summer of cricket ever, Ashes year, uh, where we played Australia, and maybe the first ever 2020 international, then the one day series, and then the test matches, mm-hmm. and it was like a, an entree. <laughs> 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 the order main event. I like that. Um, well, if you want to be very avant garde about it, you could have played the T20I at the start of the series, and if Round it's it a draw, the hundo. no, if it's a draw, that's the decider. That really raises the stakes, doesn't it? Raises the stakes. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't nice. be playing the penalty um, shootout of cricket. Exactly. But you playing your reserves so in that. But you know who's going to win if it goes to a draw. So the team who's losing in that stage. Really got to go for it. Oh, that's quite, quite um, nice. I don't like that. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> well, I'd, 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 be in the, um, I'd be in the World Cup capture. Play the 2020 World Cup. Because to be honest, in terms of team selection, and basically you just want your best five bowlers in form at the time and your best five 2020 batsmen in form at the time and they play enough 2020 cricket in well, I mean you got you know you got Jason Roy has been going to the Bangladeshi Premier League people playing in the IPL the 2020 Blast there are big names in those games they're playing a lot of 2020 cricket mm-hmm. they're probably not going to benefit that much from playing for their country as well because there's I mean it's not quite I, I, I as nuanced I reckon, is it I, I as a form of cricket it's just hit it as hard as you can mm. so in conclusion Max what are you saying around T20 cricket or internationals? Apart from the World Cup, don't bother. It's a controversial opinion on a controversial show. This is the Cricket Podcast at the Cricket Pod on Twitter <laughs> or the Cricket Pod at gmail.com if you would like to email us a long form question or story. So, before we move on to Max's wicketkeeper guide, mm. uh, which I'm excited to hear about. I'd call Max. it a masterclass myself. A masterclass? Well, I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Disaster class. Um, uh, do as I say, not as I do. Um, <laughs> um, we thought we'd highlight something that's uh, come out this week. The Cricketer Magazine has a survey about the state of the game in England, um, both now and in the future. Yeah. Um, and as it's our second episode, we thought it'd be a good idea to go through that. So you can kind of get an idea about where we stand as a podcast 
the ethics and values of the cricket mm. podcast. No, because it wouldn't be appropriate for a third episode, would it? Um, absolutely. <laughs> it's a real second episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if we're going to be in agreement. So the sophomore pod. Um, we've started off. We, we've skipped a few of the early questions of the podcast. Um, we don't want to give away too many um, Can a podcast have a gender? We're not really sure. I'd like to have discussed that, but I've been overruled. So we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we did discover we're all older than we really want to admit. Yeah, we're in we're in a bracket of fifteen years. The other brackets, they're not fifteen years. Um, Anyway, yeah. Are you a member of a county? Yeah, we're just going to go through it. Rob's going to read out the question. Who's no. mo- is anyone here a member of a county? Yeah, I'm a Surrey member. Surrey oh. member. Yeah. And so we, yes, one of us is a member of a county. In 2018, approximately how often did you attend county matches? I managed one. Um, <laughs> I, I went to one county champ day. One well, uh, just a ballpark. One one day match. cup day that was rained off. And why the, would you do that? Well, let's get the date. Funnily enough. <laughs> Funnily enough, <laughs> who were they playing? <laughs> who yeah. was trying uh, Well, I went to the tw- I went to the, all the twenty twenties. Okay, so all of them. Yeah, I reckon I reckon I went to about five games. Once well, so a fortnight. So as as a collective, we, we we go to about one live domestic <laughs> game a month. And so we are connoisseurs. Yeah, we are. You're listening to the cricket podcast. Where, um, we're, <laughs> where, where we actually care about our cricket. opinion matters. How optimistic or pessimistic are you? about the immediate future for the county you support. Uh, well, Sussex have got Jason Gillespie in. Um, yeah, they've got some really good players as well. <laughs> yeah. Really um, so I'm very optimistic yeah. about Sussex this year. Sorry have more Sorry money. Sorry are loaded, so they'll be fine for the fourth season. They were at Coley last year. Um, yeah. And, got injured, though, didn't and then he got injured. That was really upsetting. Next question. How would you rate the cost of men's international cricket tickets in England and Wales? Shocking. Yeah, I've, I've spent far too much money. Oh, my World Cup tickets. How are much is it good. for New Zealand, Bangladesh? At the Oval, like eighty quid. Ridiculous. What in the in the one day? Yeah. In, in the, the in the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, well, the most ridiculous thing was I got tickets for twenty pounds. So I don't know where you've been shopping. Well, the most ridiculous thing was the way in which they allocated the tickets. That ballot system was horrendous. And it wasn't. I got tickets. You're too. Watch a shit nation play another shit nation. As we all know, whether or not Jack got tickets is the uh, deciding factor exactly, in whether yeah. a ballot was well done. To what extent <laughs> do you agree with the following statements? The ECV acts in the best interests of all 18 first class counties. Bullshit. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Strongly disagree. Save it for the next question. <laughs> to what extent do you agree with the statement? The ECB does a good job in governing the game of cricket in the United Kingdom. No, no, nope. they are like they are awful. They're absolutely awful. Well, I mean, like uh, thick women and children who will love the hundo. Well, well, the next, funnily enough, <laughs> so the, next, the next question: Does the ECDB, ECB do a good job of promoting the game to new audiences? Well, hundred percent. The hundo is a great idea. They alienate people every <laughs> step of the way. They even um, alienate cricket fans. Like even uh, the, uh, that's not a new audience, Ross. Yeah, we're not talking, yeah, about, we're not audience, talking so. about us now. Old, old audiences are dead. New audience. Have you not heard people in the pub talking about how excited they are to watch the North London big hitters and the Surrey Vipers? No, the South London Vipers. South London. And the Bristol Dynamos and the. <laughs> Countries are too complicated for people yeah, to understand. Uh, is there a Cardiff team? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you agree that the ECB should limit further the number of foreign players playing in county cricket? As a Surrey fan? No. Why would this be? Why is this a question? Well, I think that it's, a, it's a question around like cold pack players getting in. Because yeah. I, I believe you're allowed one in county championship games and probably Royal One Day Cup as well. You're allowed one overseas. So, well, so the thing is here, like they're limiting the amount of spaces that. English well, I, I don't know. I mean, you're allowed but, one. Like, so sorry, Sussex, for example, have got uh, had Rohit Sharma last year for some of the year, and um, David Visa, yeah, Visa. Um, like Al- South African. Yeah. Um, he was playing as a cold pack. Like, do you ban him? Like, you should be playing with the best players possible. Like, you get better by playing with better people. Like, there's no doubt that the Surrey bowlers are more than likely benefiting mm. from bowling of Morley Morkel. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a little bit more yeah. to this. I think, like, international cricket in general, of which the ECB is one of the big three boards, need to do more to stop international quality players leaving the international game to go and get a county gig 
or to go and play like as a low paid IPL player even. Well it's been suggested um, that there should be a minimum salaries in there for international yeah, players. I think, I think there probably should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so in some senses yes but one overseas I don't think it's a problem. Even two. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some pretty bad players playing counter cricket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, they really really are. <laughs> Alright so next big question. To what extent do you support or oppose plans for the hundo? Well <laughs> new competition to be introduced in 2020 can I refer listeners to our previous podcast <laughs> okay so and then immediately on to the next question do you plan to attend a game of Hundo when it is launched absolutely nope. not <laughs> <laughs> I reckon we'll end up there I reckon we'll end up watching one I will no, not no I absolutely won't. not and the no, only no. good thing about it is it might be on TV like I don't even think it's like definitely going to be on TV it'll be on BBC 3 I was looking at this like there was just 20 odd games are supposed to be on TV. I don't know which channel or what time or well, terrestrial, isn't it? Um, it's it's going to be eight women's games, nine men's games, and two T20s or something like that. It's it's a hodgepodge of shit. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. To what extent do you agree with the following statement? Too much professional cricket is played in England during the county summer. I think it should play more in winter. Actually, yes. <laughs> that is the subtext. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I don't. I think they've probably got a reasonable amount. They, the problem they have is, is that the they've got the hundred. Is shit. They don't. They don't seem to understand how a calendar works. Yeah, it's um, you play a bit more often on the weekends in the middle of the summer. Yeah, oh, the calendar's not, not making any money. The, the crowd just aren't there. Oh, they're not going on a Tuesday <laughs> to watch Worcestershire. Oh, that's a, that's a huge um, shock. There is. It? There are no no county games on the weekend in the whole of June. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. That's. Um, yeah. Do you reckon it's because they think that all the cricket fans are going to be playing cricket? No, it's, prob- it's probably because some it of is, the- No, that is the kind of thinking that someone will come up with. Like, they're completely ignoring the fact that people playing cricket are weird. You don't yeah. want them coming to your thing. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's probably like some of the stadiums are going to have like Rod Stewart on in like the, on the Saturday afternoon. Well, they can play on a different day. They don't have to happen at once, do they? Um, <laughs> anyone Rod Stewart, mate? <laughs> Just give Rod Stewart a little bit in the corner, just down at fine legs. <laughs> How often, if at all, do you play cricket during the summer? Uh, try and not do it more than once a month. That's a lie. You've, you've <laughs> definitely, it's a lie. You're definitely no, failing we've, at this we've season. Got nine we've got, games got 15 in. We've got nine enough. games in for April, May, June, July, August, September. Oh, that nine, um, nine months. Six months, yeah. Three games are going to go for rain. Maybe, so average, once a month. There you go. I play every week. In your opinion, is the cost of playing cricket recreationally in the UK ranging from very expensive to not expensive? If you don't do it on the very cheapest you can do it, like us, um, then it probably is expensive. But we bought a match ball from Sports and Soccer. So you can you can you can have you can yeah, have if, it if, like, if you'd like to play with a spherical pebble. <laughs> That is cheap. It doesn't swing. It doesn't seem. If you don't value will, your wrist, <laughs> yeah, it will break all your bones. If you spent a couple hundred pounds with cricket, had it hooping round corners, didn't he? That um, in-swinger he bowled and when he opened the ball was ridiculous. Um, yeah. So I don't think like the the problem isn't that it's when it comes to club cricket. So the so three bridges Sussex team um, for a, an adult to play is a hundred pounds signing on fee and then twelve pounds a game. But that is quite expensive. Yeah. Yeah, that's ludicrous. So um, it's quite expensive. It's £10 a game for I don't like cricket club, and half the money goes behind the bar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's. Moral the, of the story is you know, don't ma- have your own home the, ground. Uh, the pitch is a bit more of a bit more of an issue in cricket than other sports, isn't it? That's you need a dedicated yeah. ground than. Or a council that hasn't had all its funding cut. Yeah. To what extent do you agree with the idea that all club cricket in the UK should be played in T20 format or short? Are you fucking kidding me? All, <laughs> <laughs> all club cricket in the UK, T20 format or, or shorter. shorter. <laughs> or hundo. Hundo. That's it, isn't it? This is it. This is the dystopia that's going to work. The hundred is get the hundo is going to be the only form of cricket ever. I just I think. Um, I don't think you can, like, 2020 cricket at a club level wouldn't work for the, because not enough people participate in the game in an average week. For the over cricket, everybody should get a bat and bowl if the captain isn't, like, 
completely set on winning. I also, also think that people... Well, there is a big part about it taking up a lot of time and then you've got families and you've got well, works. Some because. people are trying to get away from their families. What about them? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly the point. Some people are like, this is a huge part of their life. Like oh, The whole Saturday spent at the Greek club is a huge thing for them. Like You, got, you can't just alienate these people as well. That is madness, that question. Absolute madness. Okay, uh, so the last question. In your opinion, what is the biggest challenge facing recreational cricket in 2019? Well, apparently the fact that the ECB want everyone to play 2020 cricket all the fucking time. Everyone's playing cricket for too long. That's the main problem. <laughs> so, uh, uh, my I... main problem is that the team I run has three people who don't know how to play cricket in it. Uh, and we're playing proper teams this year. That's a challenge, facing a recreational cricket I wonder who you're talking about. But... Uh, nobody in this room. No. So uh, I go <laughs> a bit of a strategy here. So, um, so when it comes to county players playing, they used to be able to go and play for their clubs. Like if they, yes. if they, if they, if they I don't think weekends. this is the biggest challenge. <laughs> no, but they, no, they, they still they, can a bit. Like Arun Haranath goes and plays for Sutton. So there's this bit where you've got these amazing cricketers who are playing county county cricket. They get a weekend off, like they do throughout the whole of June county cricket. That is true. And yeah. they go and play, but they normally go and play for only a select amount of clubs. So in Sussex, for example, the majority of those players either go and play for Horsham or Preston Nomads, or they play for Brighton. This pretty much makes like, the the coaching the teams get at those clubs and the results they get mean that it becomes almost uncompetitive. Mm. So the really good well, players... Also, it's not much fun for anyone else. It, this, and this is the point. All of the good players end up playing for these select clubs. All the other teams struggle against them to beat them. And then all the kids go, actually, I want to go play for Preston Nomads because they're really good. Mm. So you always get a talent drain from the other clubs to those clubs. And then the leagues become more uncompetitive. And it's a real issue. What the county club should do is distribute that equally. It shouldn't matter that, oh, I played for Horsham coming up. I'm, I should go and play for Horsham again. It should be a case of, right, I'm going to go play for Three Bridges. I'm going to go play for Ifield. I'm going to play for all these different clubs to make it a more competitive yeah, they league. They don't want to do that, do they? But that shouldn't be there. That shouldn't be their problem. Can't force them to play cricket. But so, so no. But grassroots cricket is really important. They they, they came from grassroots oh, I cricket. Agree, they should but be I don't think like the guy dropping down from county championship cricket to play club cricket at the weekend is is what makes or breaks it. No, but I'm, I'm saying it, it has that knock on effect. Like you should be having role models who go and play for on a, on a rotation to these different clubs. I'm not saying go down and play like second division cricket. They're still going to be playing Premier League cricket. One year, Three Bridges had Monty Panesar. Who wasn't allowed to bowl. No, he was allowed to bowl. He said, I'm not going to bowl. But that's why I think there's there's some issues there. So that was the Cricketer Magazine survey. All the best bits. We actually did the whole survey, but it was really long. (laughs) Um, And Robin's going to edit it down for us so that you don't have to suffer through what we just suffered through. Isn't that right, Rob? Correct. Um, we do encourage you to do it though it only takes about five minutes if you're not doing it as a four <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can find do it do it as an entire cricket club you can find it, it takes. <laughs> yeah, no. um, you can find it on the cricketer website uh, thecricket.com or we'll tweet it fantastic stop Jamie great work beautiful piece of work that's what he was there for right side stamping that was all Jack Russell's look at that one. That was a fine piece of work. That really was fantastic work. He whipped the bars off in a flash. And as soon as they saw me, Jack Russell came bounding over. <laughs> and I just made it into the pop increase. In time. So Max, it's time for your wicketkeeping masterclass. So every episode on the Cricket Podcast, we bring you a guide to a different aspect of cricket. And this week is the Cricket Podcast Guide. To wicket keeping by me, Max, our resident wicket keeper. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I've never actually seen you wicket keep, so let's no, go. that's true, I see. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's a few things I could go over for things that you will be able to just... find on YouTube by yes. people like Jack Russell and Alan Knott and uh, Adam Gilchrist. Things about coming up with the ball, moving your feet, that kind of thing taking the ball inside your body. I'm not going to cover that. This is a real inside. You could, yeah, this is this is this is about. How to be a wicket keeper, like really be to a get down keeper. and dirty with mentally the in terms of the game, you know, like technique. Someone else can cover the that. stuff the pros don't tell you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Take so your num- game to the next level. Number one, <laughs> or down, well, the most important <laughs> thing I think is constantly chat shit. 
Because you don't people. struggle with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, uh, the, my, my uh, fellow podcast members will know that that is something I'm quite, quite well attuned to doing and probably what I'm doing right now. I think if um, if I come in a, a, to bat mm. and a wicketkeeper is giving me stick from the first ball, I'm more determined to bat better. Yeah, well, you see, you got to read better you, against Dickens. That's another aspect that you've got to read the batsman, right? There are some batsmen that will love it. They'll love the to and fro of the chat. So that that's when you just go for the conversation. Just try and relax them so that they just you know play the full shot. Forget about. Just concentrating on the game. Just you know, so you're, you're, you're going to go with a more mindfulness yeah. meditation approach. Well, it, you're, it, you're depends, kind of... it depends on the batsman. Some batsmen will rise to, to the bait and some people you need to just kind of... How do you judge them when they're walking in? It's pretty obvious. Is it obvious. their gait? Is it their the kit? Walk, the walk and the kit are usually walk a pretty good indication. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the batting stance. There's a, there's a famous story about Steve Waugh. Um, England always used to sledge him. And uh, obviously, Steve Waugh being Steve Waugh is oh, yeah. right to that because he is the king of the dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and score, um, score piles of runs. Um, so, Nasser Hussein, England captain, said one day, right, all we're, we're going to do today is not sledge Steve Waugh. Ten balls in, Steve Waugh notices he's not being sledged, calls him out on it, <laughs> starts sledging himself, <laughs> <laughs> scores 150. <laughs> can't beat that yeah. kind of uh, mental fortitude. Um, so Max, what's, uh, what's number yeah, two? what's number two after chat? Uh, so always have a slip. The slip and the wicketkeeper both get to have a nice time, have a little chat. And also, you get someone to carry a helmet for you. Number three? Yeah, so uh, a lot of wicketkeeper uh, coaches and you know just general people who are knowledgeable about cricket will tell you, move your feet, yeah? If you're diving, then you're doing something wrong. You, sh- you should be moving your feet to get to the ball some of the best wicketkeeper catches are dives. Well, I mean, there is a point where you do have to dive because you can't get your feet there. But it's when the you foot movement. If you're diving standing up down leg <laughs> size, that... I get their point. <laughs> I have done that. That is how bad some of the bowling I face has been. But I mean, yeah. But the foot movement is what gets you into position to make the dive to make the catch. Mm-hmm. But I would I would counter that with one thing: uh, when you're facing bowling. That is just wayward. It's not not with an edge or anything. Just wayward bowling down. What level side. of playing cr- cricket are you playing at? Always dive. Because if what? you don't get there, it's more likely to go down as wide and not. That is selfish. Things. Yeah. That is in the extreme selfish well, because those yeah. runs count anyway. All you're doing is adding one extra run. Can't be having can't point. be having buys in my column from shit bowling. Jack. So, no one's judging this. You're not going to be a professional wicketkeeper. <laughs> and nobody at the club's looking through the scorebook and being like oh he's let through a few buys this week time to drop him down a level <laughs> I've got those data driven <laughs> yeah. uh, in fact they're notorious for not doing that sort of thing so, so what's, really, what's really a problem for me is um, so I've had to stand in to be a wicket keeper from time to time because uh, like, oh you can field you can also wicket keep kind of well, standing back absolutely not a um, problem it's just gloves what, it's easier. What, what I had an issue with is when the ball would get like knocked down into the leg side I would then run after the ball. <laughs> wouldn't go to the stumps. Yeah. That's a slight yeah, issue. Leave, leave that to oh, I think that's a better tip than diving, to be honest. Well, always run after the ball. No, go to the stumps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, as I said at the top of this, Jack, I wasn't going to give you actual sensible tips on, on with so, so I'll leave that so to Number the, four. Uh, all right. Uh, after what I just said about not giving you actual sensible tips, here is an actual sensible tip. Watch a wicketkeeper live. You go and see, if you're going to see live cricket, mm-hmm. just study the wicketkeeper for a bit because the thing you, you'll pick things up. And oh, it, the it amount can, it costs to go watch a county championship game these days. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I did it. I did it last season. I watched a bit of Ben Folks and just the way he gets ready before before facing delivery, and it, it definitely it definitely helped. Definitely added to my game. Definitely gave me better balance before receiving the ball. <laughs> Think shy. But uh, the there is one uh, one caveat to that point uh, don't watch Johnny Best though yeah number okay, six so final point final point it's about appealing okay uh, so I think you should appeal rarely but when you do proper loudly so based upon your points there which mm. are very good um, is there anything that drew you to being a wicketkeeper in the first place so is it, it's like a personality thing. Is it like a, an attention deficit disorder? What was it? <laughs> uh, you're having to concentrate every ball of the innings. So what, what is it? Uh, well, it actually started because um, 
are at school are ki- are wiki- normal wiki but couldn't play mm-hmm. and um, the game was like well Max you play in goal do you want to give it a go Cla- classic wow. case of being a goalkeeper being a wicketkeeper so I did give it a go asked for a couple of tips from the guy who normally keeps wicket which he gladly gave me and we're if very I were helpful. him I'd have given you bad tips so he gave me, you know, gave, gave me really good tips and um, never looked back really enjoyed so it what, what, actually, really enjoyed it kept really well and um, done it since basically well thank you very much I hope you at home learnt something Uh, this has been the Cricket Podcast. Follow us at the Cricket Pod. I'm Jack Hope. See you later. Uh, I am your wicketkeeper, Max O'Brown. Goodbye. This is Robin Hughes signing off. And goodbye from me, Ross Legg. Make sure, though, you tune into next week's preview of the IPL. <laughs>